0: That is what I wanted to tell you. We, don't waste your time. We are, There's no reason that you need to spend like three hours editing this shit. Basically, I think we're just pros. Or it's a podcast, so people don't really care. I'm going to stick with mine. <laughs>
1: Hello, it is Friday, May 6th, 2016. Welcome to episode 13. We are actually calling this episode 13 and not skipping ahead to 14. Um, Of Due for a Win, the Atlantic City and Casino Biz podcast, my name is Craig Stone. With me on the other end of the line is Kyle Askin.
0: So do you know what special uh, significance episode 13 of this has for us? No. Would you like to... Alright, so... Since we just do this every other week, uh, there's kind of 26 half weeks, or 26 two-week segments during the year, so we've officially been doing this for six months now, I think.
1: That's crazy.
0: That is crazy. It feels like it's, it's gone by pretty quick.
1: It has. Uh, in a weird way, it's like cutting your time in half or something, you know, because yeah. you'd think it would only be 13 weeks if we were actually dedicated to our craft. Eh, we're not. But alas. Here we are.
0: You get what you get.
1: Yeah, you get what you get, and you don't get upset, as my guidance counselor wife tells her students. (laughs) Um, So I just want to start by thanking Faces and Aces Las Vegas for the mention on their latest episode, which actually just went up a few minutes ago. Um, And really also thank you to Ed, uh, who is one of our listeners. He is Scan720 on Twitter, who is the person who tipped them off. So you know, if you go listen to Faces and Aces dot com, uh, listen to their latest episode, you will hear a do for a win mention. So that's very cool. Uh, so just want to thank them and thank Ed for giving us a shout out and getting the us on their radar. Uh, always good to have the word spread amongst the other
0: gambling in Vegas podcasts. Indeed. So, so uh, I guess, I guess the, the big news is that we're going to be in Atlantic City in two weeks.
1: Yeah, so normally our next recording session would be May 20th, but the plan is to not record because we will be in Atlantic City. And We will
0: be in Atlantic City.
1: I don't know about you, but I'd rather be in Atlantic City than recording the podcast.
0: That is true.
1: You know, nothing against the podcast, but... Atlantic City is going to win out over many things. So, trip planning. Uh we haven't done a whole lot of it.
0: No, we're a mess, which is not surprising if you're me or Craig because this is basically how every trip comes together, I think.
1: I think we're usually a little further ahead of this 2 weeks no. 2 weeks out. 2 weeks out? Like we don't know when we're getting there, when we're leaving. We don't have who's going. any rooms booked. We don't really know quite who's going.
0: So we have no I, I mean we know when we're getting there and leaving, right? The only question is am I gonna go on Thursday and are you gonna stay until Sunday? I'm thinking yes right now to staying. I mean, if I were you, if I had the green light, I mean I absolutely would. But uh yeah, I need a talk with my wife and figure out what's going on. I mean, to me, it seems like there shouldn't be much of a difference between me leaving Thursday night and heading up or leaving Friday morning and heading up. That's what you think. From her perspective. That's what you think. Yeah, that's what I think, but I suspect that it might not be the case, but I don't. we'll, we'll figure it out. I mean, even if I end up leaving Friday morning, I'll, I'm going to leave early, I think, like 7 a.m. or something and get there quite early. So
1: so yeah, I won't be leaving that early. I'll probably be leaving
0: closer to 10 yeah, so you, it'll be like last time. You got there at, like, what, 1 or something last time?
1: Yeah. 4.30? Yeah, I'd shoot for a little earlier than that, but, uh, yeah, I expect around noon is probably my mm-hmm. best-case scenario.
0: And so you're going to probably stay, regardless of if you, or if you don't stay Saturday night, you're probably going to stay pretty late on, on Saturday, right? Yeah, and just drive back late if I, like 10 o'clock if I don't or something. stay over. Yeah, I mean,
1: I probably won't stay till 10, but... I wouldn't be surprised if I stay till 9. Um, or just, you know, stay the night and get up and drive home on Sunday, which right. sounds preferable if the room situation works out for that, which, you know, totally relies seemingly on me mooching off of you for a comp room <laughs> for when you're not. Yeah, eating.
0: so, so yeah, I think we should talk about that. So it sounds like even though you've, you've gotten mailers and stuff that said you have comps on Friday nights at resorts, you don't actually have comps on Friday nights at resorts.
1: Pretty much. I mean pretty much feels like a bunch of lies. So uh, I called Resorts on Wednesday and said, hey, I've got a mailer, you know, I got my little booklet and it says, any Sunday through Friday, you can get a free room, any any Sunday through Friday in May. And I called them up, the 1-800 number, like you said, you know, you get a person right away, which is nice, and the person just said, oh yeah, no, I, I see that you don't have that Friday. And I was just kind of like, oh, okay. And and that was it. Like that was the end of the conversation. And then I thought, you know, oh, maybe like I get this other offer that's like you book a comped room and you get $20 food and beverage credit and that's only available on certain days and I don't get that offer on any Fridays. And so I also have my booklet offer and then I have two other offer codes for like one is is... April to May 30th or whatever. And one is like May 1st to June 30th. And so I was like, you know, I have three offer codes that all say Friday. So let me call again and sort of like push a little more and see what the deal is. And so I called today and I think I actually got the same woman <laughs> on the phone. <laughs> like when when I when I read my uh, star card number to her and then she was like, what's your name? And I said my name. I, like her voice definitely like changed a little bit because I think she was like, you freaking called me two days ago you know what the answer is to this um but I said you know I've got this offer from my booklet that says Sunday through Friday and she said yes I see here you have like Sunday through Fridays but like only Fridays if that's available and so I said do you have May 20th and she looked and she's like no I don't have that Friday like the availability on Fridays in May is actually really limited and she said the only Friday that I actually have for you in May is the 13th and so I just asked you know, I see that there are rooms available that Friday, like if I'm willing to pay. <laughs> um, so I just assumed, you know, the the mailer and the two other co- codes don't say anything about, you know, blackouts apply. It says like no holidays, but, you know, I thought I would just be good to go. And so she said like, no, it's really just that there are no comped rooms available which I'm assuming means there's no comp rooms available for whatever my tier sort of is in their system. Like not not tier as in my sort of status in the Players Club, but sort of where they see me within comp room offers. So mm-hmm. like you, you know, like you and I are the same status level, but I expect you know you get Saturday nights. So yeah, clearly so we're not tier... exactly.
0: I mean, we're the same tier level, but yeah, I expect I'm a level above you since I also in theory get Saturdays.
1: Yeah, so so I got a big fat no.
0: Um, I'm a little
1: bit optimistic that they send me something the week of that says like, Oh, Hey, if you want to come Friday, it's free because I did get that mailer this week. Um, Mm -hmm. and just saying, I think I got it on Monday saying, Hey, if you want a free comp room this weekend, we have Friday for you free. And that's not the first Mm -hmm. time that's happened since we went down last time. So I'm hoping that I get that again. And And similarly, the Caesars, um, you know, Caesar itself is a little more. I think it's like 160-something for me right now. But Harris and Valleys are both in the 140s, which for a couple weeks out is reasonably cheap for me on a Friday night. So I'm hoping um, that when it gets to the week of that that will go to comps because that's typically kind of what happens for me with Caesars is, you know, I check it and I'm getting like – the week of Friday comped and no other Fridays, and then I go the next week and the week of Fridays comp. So it seems like they're not. I mean, just but based on the price, it seems like they've got a lot of availability probably. So I'm hoping that I can get something <sighs> comp to that Friday, um, but we'll we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah, so um, I in theory should have a room available. Or I have offers available at resorts and at TROP right now, and I suspect more than likely I'll be able to get a room at Caesars that weekend if we need to, so hopefully we'll be okay with rooms if we uh can figure out some creative ways to get into all of those. They're not that creative. I'll just check in at a couple hotels, but uh I think we should be okay. Maybe I should reach out to TROP and, and resorts sooner rather than later, though, especially if they're going to try to say that they're overbooked or whatever.
1: So do your is your trop comps Friday and Saturday or just Friday? Uh
0: my trop is only Fridays. Ah, okay. And my resorts comps in in June switch to only Fridays oh. as well. But in May it's every night, but in June it's I lose Saturdays. So so I'm optimistic.
1: Um we do have so we do have four confirmed in our group. Uh possible fifth, although I think you and I are both skeptical
0: to some level <laughs> i mean i i I think he'll go. I mean, it sounds like from from the situation, there's no reason for him not to go if he has to drive to New Jersey anyway. So but who knows? So I guess the question
1: is with five, does that necessitate three rooms, or do you just you know tell him to sleep on the floor or whatever?
0: I, I mean, I'd prefer three, but well, I'm not sharing a bed nor sleeping on the floor. So I don't care what other people do. But, yeah, I think we're probably fine with two,
1: as one of the people who would share the room, probably.
0: So I have another piece of news for you. Uh, I don't think I've told you this on- online, but I actually got, so you know, last time we went, I gave uh, Tropicana my TR diamond card, right? and they status matched me up to Trop Gold, and they said I had to get like 3,000 points or something like that within the next two months to keep it. Or maybe 2,000 points, I'm not sure. And uh, I didn't do that because we haven't been back, obviously. But I actually got a letter in the mail like a week ago from them basically telling me that I get gold through the end of 2016. Oh, so wow. Which is cool. And and it, it had in the letter all the things it listed out that it got me. And like it's like a free trip to Cosmo and Vegas, I guess, is the big one. But a bunch of other smaller benefits. So do you think that's just... A mistake in Mailer, or do you think you really are set with gold for... Uh, I mean, I I assume that... I don't think it was a mistake. I assume that they looked at it and they're like, eh, this guy just hasn't been back yet. I don't know. Just give him gold till the end of the year.
1: Yeah, that's entirely possible. And also, you know, if you don't go back, it doesn't cost them anything. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, well, unless
0: I use all my offers for Vegas or whatever. But... Yeah, the risk to them seems low. Yeah, it's probably pretty minimal. I mean, especially since I'm a proven gambler if I have a diamond card and all that stuff. That is true. Um so, that's a thing that happened. So, that was nice when I got that.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. That's good to that's good to know and that's good for anybody who's got that diamond status at Total Rewards and is wondering about the status match at Tropicana. Um you know, clearly it's it's worth trying out because I think we were a little skeptical when it happened. It was kind of like, eh, you know, you've got a couple months to get a bunch of credits and is that really uh, that feasible if you're not you know, the way you did Diamond was Diamond in a Day, so the odds that you're going to crank up the, the tier credits at TROP to get that level in just a couple months is pretty low, especially because we don't really go that often but So it's good that they are not, like, hard and fast on that rule.
0: So I don't know if we've ever talked about this on the podcast. I know I've talked about it in other forums, and I know we've had a couple emails, which I've answered, about how I got Diamond, and it was through Diamond in a Day, as you mentioned. And specifically, it was in Caesars. They used to have a full-pay or uh, $2.00. And it used to be full comp, which is $10 or it's a one tier credit for every $10 you put in. And that was in the high limit room. But it looks like I don't think there there is any full pay jacks or better anymore in Atlantic City. So I'm going to say that the odds that I'm ever diamond again or maybe at least diamond again anytime in the foreseeable future when I have little kids running around, it's going to be very slim. So that's going to be something that is sad for me. Because I've had Diamond for, what, it's been like three years or something, right? Is it that long? It's, uh, it's been, been a while. Couple. So I got it, we get it in like uh, February or something. And so I thought it was going to like expire the next March or April. But then it actually rolled like an extra year after that. I don't know. It was a long time.
1: Yeah, so... I mean, we're sort of connecting this to Trap. Um, it's just kind of nice that they offer that continuation, but like you said, we're like, probably not going to get the necessary tier credits in, what, three-month window? Is that what they... Two, uh,
0: two, two months. Um, yeah, because so, yeah, we went in uh, February, and I was going to have to go back before... Uh... Before this trip. Yeah, and, you know, it hasn't been that long. It, did, so. it didn't happen. <laughs> right. Uh
1: So do you have any sort of plans, anything that you want to do on this trip uh that we didn't do last trip, or anything that you want to make sure you get to? Um, so last trip we did very boardwalk heavy. We actually didn't really make it to the marina casinos at all. Uh so, you know, do you want to really go out of your way to hit the marina casinos, or, or are you fine
0: if we miss that again? Um, so here's the thing. Like, for me, there's no reason to just go to the marina for, like, two hours. Like, I'd rather spend a significant chunk of time, like, at least six hours there, or not go at all. And, you know, we're only going to be in Atlantic City for 24 hours, probably, or at least as a big group. It's a good point. And I I just don't... I, I suspect that I will not go to the marina this trip. Interesting. Yeah,
1: see, I was kind of assuming, like, I'd really go out of my way to get to Borgata because, you know, as I've mentioned many times... It's really I, nice. I do really like it. Uh, but when you sort of put it that way, you know, with the limited time, you know, I'd probably rather spend my time on the boardwalk. I mean, I, as I said previously, I will play Royal Derby. Like, that is going to happen, um, because that's just something that is kind of funny and crazy, and I really want to go see the slot version of horse racing. Um, so, you know, that's obviously, once you're talking about adding in the walk to Tropicana, like, are you really going to walk back and go to the marina like get in the car and go to the marina or are you gonna just make it basically a boardwalk day and if you make one day a boardwalk day like you don't really have another day right (laughs) so i mean i guess you could do like one do the friday at the boardwalk and then saturday at the marina before you leave that's not an outlandish
0: suggestion yeah i could do that um i wouldn't be against that i guess I don't think I want to go on Friday. The only way I'd go on Friday is if I went like right when I arrived in Atlantic City before we checked in or anything.
1: Yeah, but again, like you're ta- then you're still talking about only a few, a couple hours, a few hours. Although we have definitely gone and hung out and not even checked in in the hotel until nine o'clock or whatever. Yeah. So who knows? So yeah, I'm not. So you know, I think about oh, I definitely want to get to the marina, but. Do I really definitely want to get to the marina? Maybe I, maybe that's not my top priority. I, I'm going to guess I don't go to the marina.
0: Oh, okay. That'll be my my official guess.
1: Um, So we some of the other things we talked about doing before last trip that we didn't make it to, like Tony Baloney's I would be kind of interested in going to. Um, But I feel like if I were to do that, it would be kind of built around sort of a wandering by Revel and just seeing what the progress is if any um you know by May twentieth they should be working on that ropes course that's outside. So who knows if that's actually arrived. You know, he said it should have been there you know, he said he said in mid April that it would arrive in two weeks. So you'd think it would be there now and they'd start construction if they want to get up by his June fifteenth date, Glenn Straub's June fifteenth date, but you know, I, I would be kind of interested to wander by there, and maybe that's an excuse to also go to Tony Baloney's, so I'd be up for that. I would say that I want to go to, like, Cafe 2825, but, you know, basically I know that's not happening, right? Because, again, we're not going to be there that long. Like, are we really going to go sit through a two-hour dinner? That seems pretty doubtful. So, I don't know. <laughs> I probably won't... uh we probably won't make it to Cafe 2825 or any of the other sort of fancy restaurants. We certainly won't be going to Chef Bola's on our four or five guy, guy trip. Um, uh,
0: so I, I do have to say, uh, as you know, I kind of stalk some, some forums and it, it does sound like, uh, people are saying there is a lot of construction going on around the Rebel. So oh. I would not be surprised if, if a large portion of the ropes course was in fact done especially if it's actually going to open on june 15th nice uh we'll
1: have more about the ropes course later in the episode um so is there anything you're dying to do is there anything you want to make sure you see or just kind of do our standard wandering around type deal
0: so here's my my sort of inherent dilemma that I always have like there's a lot of stuff I want to do in Atlantic City there's a lot of stuff I haven't done and you know for example on the Facebook group there was someone who who asked like what are some good dive bars to go to like what are some good breakfast places to go to in Atlantic City and like I really I don't know because I haven't done a whole lot of that because generally when I go I I just gamble a lot and I don't necessarily see as much of the the town itself as I would like to especially being a host of an Atlantic City podcast um but Like honestly, like, am I gonna go out and and do some of that stuff on if I'm only gonna be in town for 24 hours? Like, I don't know. I I probably should, but realistically, I'm not sure if it's gonna happen. I think it's gonna have to wait for like a slightly longer trip for me to do some of the stuff I want to do. So
1: yeah, I really think that probably that's better fit for a two night trip where you've got some more time to get around and see more of the town. You know, on a one night trip where you've got maybe 24 or 30 hours or something, you're probably gonna stick to the things that you know and
0: like, like specifically gambling. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and another one of my suspicions is that I think it, on the trips, like the last trip where it's just me and you, like we're a lot more likely to do a lot of that stuff. And if we actually have a whole bunch of friends coming too, who don't really care, honestly, and just want to gamble and drink.
1: Yeah. Not only do they not really care, but they also get
0: to Atlantic city way less frequently. So for them, yeah, it's like an even bigger thing if they go out of their way to do something that's not gambling and drinking,
1: right? The novelty to them is still the gambling and drinking. It's not right. the wandering around and seeing what the bulldozed, you know, Atlantic <laughs> looks like or anything
0: <laughs> like that. Um, I'm kind of bummed. I've, I've never seen Atlantic. Yeah, I
1: it. yeah. So we should maybe talk about our Atlantic
0: and what's. Yeah, going on we with can that. we can we can talk about that. So I guess we can get into the news portion of the uh, the podcast. So, uh, the Atlantic has been, uh, what, officially bulldozed, right? Yeah, uh,
1: it's gone. <laughs> um, so this is a Ruben Kramer, Press of Atlantic City, uh, article that I'll link to in the show notes, but basically, uh, the CRDA, I believe, went through and demolished this thing, uh, which was an art installation with a half sunken ship like a big wooden ship that looked like it was half sunken into the sand and there was some words along the grass that were like diagonal and they were i don't remember they were kind of like odd words right just random sort of stuff that said i can't remember exactly what the words were uh we you know we never actually went to see it i think i only ever saw it in pictures but uh it's in the old sands lot Um, right next to where they hope to develop the Polar Coaster. And what they're talking about putting there is a parking lot. Right. (laughs) So it's not the most exciting development, uh,
0: although... Well, if you're going to the beach and you're paying uh, Caesars $25 to do that, I bet you could make a lot of money having a parking lot that charges $10 or something like that.
1: Yeah, that's true, and I'll also, um, just the fact that Atlantic was just kind of there as a way to sort of hide, um, an empty lot, you know. It was the old sands, like I said, that got imploded and had big plans for another casino, and of course then the economy tanked and that never happened. So, you know, the art installation was kind of the the lipstick on the pig, if you will. And I think my understanding is when they first did that they talked about having a rotating thing where it was gonna be something different every few months or every year or whatever, and then you know, it would be something that would get people to go out of their way to go see it and uh, it never rotated at all. <laughs> right. It was always that
0: Yeah, uh, it was always the same thing. Art uh, Atlantic I mean, the the ship. Um it, it it's it just wasn't a good idea i don't think no I mean, it, it's not the right city for that it's not the right it's just I, I don't think it was ever going to work
1: yeah so it's kind of an example of uh you know the crada throwing money at something that doesn't work
0: uh which speaking of which uh do you want to get into the uh talk about the CRDA bailing out the uh, Steel Pier? Sure. I
1: mean I'll say at least the the CRDA stuff with our Atlantic and with the Steel Pier is in Atlantic City and you know a lot of the CRDA money has gone to things outside of Atlantic City which seems doesn't make a lot of sense given their their mission statement. Right. Um so <laughs> or just
0: money goes towards hoarding land and in Atlantic City or... that's the trait and and legal fights for uh, eminent domain so they can buy land to do nothing with right uh, and not pay taxes on it so correct
1: that's a whole other conversation um so the CRDA in in more CRDA news has decided to bail out the Steel Pier we talked about it on a previous episode Steel Pier is kind of in dire financial straits and their creditors are threatening to uh seize half of the rides on the Steel Pier, which I don't really understand how that works. <laughs> and the Steel Pier's kind of said, like, you can try. It's going to cost you an unbelievable amount of money, and you're going to have to, like, re-
0: reinforce this insanely long stretch of the boardwalk. Um, so, uh, here, let me quiz you. What what episode do you think we talked about this on? I actually have no idea. Four or five? Yeah, I would, my guess was going to be four. It was a long time ago. Let's go with four.
1: Yeah. Um, so we're just going to direct everybody to episode four and if you if it's wrong <laughs> listen to the 3 before that and if it's and if it's still not in the 3 before that listen to the 8 after that and right. see if you can find it <laughs>
0: um,
1: so i mean I, I don't know really how to feel about this because like it doesn't improve atlantic city really any it just sort of staves off a uh, whatever the opposite of improvement is.
0: <laughs> so, I I mean, honestly, I think that this... Uh, we talked about it the previous time. We talked about the Steel Pier the previous time. We talked about this story. Uh, it's always hard to let something go that was such an important part of the history of Atlantic City. I mean, I, mean, I think it's one of, like, the... May, maybe the most, like, seminal actual physical landmark in Atlantic City is a steel pier it's you know we've talked about the diving horses and and, and all of that that went along with the steel pier and uh, while I'm not sure if that's going to be part of the future of the steel or of Atlantic City having the steel pier in its current sort of amusement park form uh, you know it always sucks to lose it to just basically get getting foreclosed on
1: yeah, I mean, it's something that is there that's got a lot of history. I think we've talked about that. Um, not a whole lot of length, but just sort of, you know, the million dollar pier is not the million dollar pier anymore, <laughs> but no. but the steel is something. Yeah, but the steel pier is still the steel pier. Not really necessarily in the iteration that it was, but certainly closer than the playground is to the million dollar pier. So, you know that history feels important. And you could argue that as far as something that has the opportunity if it can get going and and make some money uh to really improve Atlantic City and and actually do things that are non-gambling and that attract this, you know, non-gambling money and and families and whatever that Atlantic City really seems interested in in getting into town. Like Steel Pier actually has that opportunity, Uh whether or not they actually have the capacity to do that and is is doubtful, <laughs> obviously because they are in a situation where their creditors are trying to seize half their rides. But uh there is some defense, at least for for bailing them out. Like it's, I'm not saying that it's that it's indefensible. It just seems like uh, you're kind of paying a lot paying a lot of money to stay in place and not move forward. I mean,
0: honestly it's a better use of the CRDA money than what they usually use it for, I think. So,
1: yeah, yeah. And at the end of the day, you know, you could argue that that's really what the CRDA is for, right? Is sort of well, really the CRDA is for redevelopment and <laughs> moving right. things forward, but certainly it's better to do this than to take that money and do something in Camden or to take that money and, you know, buy the steel pier and just sit on it and do nothing. <laughs> uh, so what do
0: you, what, what, is there anything historical that you think is more important to Atlantic City than the steel pier? I can only think of maybe one, but. Uh, I mean, the lighthouse? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's like a big crowd drawer. I mean, I'd say Boardwalk Hall maybe, but. Yeah. That's, that's might be it. And even that might be arguable. I mean, that's something else that might, you know, I don't know, in 10 or 20 years, maybe they'll talk about like, Hey, maybe we need a new arena in Atlantic city. And uh, it's probably going to be something similar to this where it's like, ah, there's so much history, but it's, it's old. And yeah, I don't know. It, I mean, it's always hard to let something go that has that much history.
1: Yeah. I think boardwalk hall would be significantly tougher to let go. Um, because of the history and because it's kind of this big venue and obviously more people go there than go to Steel Pier. But uh, actually, I don't have any data on that. It's possible that that's not true. <laughs> um, that's just a, a guess. But I do, you know, if the Steel Pier closed, would there be a lot of out? outrage do you think people would be like oh no i can't believe you let this close or would people kind of say like well it's atlantic city and stuff closes and it's closing and somebody you know Glenn Straub will buy it
0: and make something out of it i mean so i think i said this in the last the last episode where we talked about steel pier which again i think is about 10 episodes ago uh you know there's going to always be people that that are you know went to steel pier throughout their childhood and now they want to take their kids to Steel Pier or they want to take their grandkids to Steel Pier. And and for them, it's going to be a really big deal that it's closed. But to maybe the majority of people that go to Atlantic City, like they probably won't really care.
1: Yeah, I think that's kind of where I'm at is that, you know, we've never gone. And so it's hard to sort of fathom Where the interest is. I mean, I understand where the interest is, so it's not hard to fathom that, but it's hard to sort of fathom the outrage if it happens because I see what I relate to as a person who goes to Atlantic City is like the typical gambler. It's not somebody who's going with their family and riding a bunch of rides and playing soccer games and trying to win a stuffed animal. Right. Um, it's people who go by themselves and play a bunch of soccer games to try to win a few dollars. (laughs) Um, yeah, so I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think, at the end of the day, it's probably a totally fine use of,
0: of CRDM money. Yeah, I have no problem with it. So do you want to get to the, uh, I guess, kind of the big piece of news that we've danced around for, I don't know, half hour now, maybe a little more? Is that the Glenn Straub news or nope. the
1: Vincent Prieto news?
0: <laughs> yeah, I think we should talk about the, the state news. Let's so. let's plow through the state news because it's, it's boring. The same old stuff.
1: Yeah, uh, so n- unless you're a political um, – I hate to use the term wonk, but I'll use it. Uh, uh, this is probably not terribly interesting to you because the end result is that nothing happened. Uh, so basically Vincent Prieto, which we've talked about, uh, he had his bill that sets benchmarks basically saying if Atlantic City – uh, and their government fails to reach the benchmarks after one year, there's a some set number of consequences. If they fail to reach them for a second year in a row, the consequences get much more serious, uh, including breaking up the collective bargaining agreements and stuff like that. Uh, and so this was the the sort of Don Guardian-approved, um, you know, the mayor of Atlantic City, he sort of approved this plan much more than Steve Sweeney's plan, which is basically... The state goes in and takes over right now. They have the ability to light any collective bargain agreements on fire immediately. They have the ability to sell the utilities immediately and all that kind of stuff, um, basically giving unilateral power to uh, an appointed person. Uh, so the Prieto plan in the assembly, uh, Prieto is the speaker of the New Jersey State Assembly, Like, this was kind of the, not a compromise, but kind of the better version for Atlantic City, arguably. And leading up to the vote, which he put it up for vote yesterday, Thursday. um, And leading up to that, Chris Christie and Steve Sweeney, um, you know, the governor and the Senate uh, president, both kind of said, we don't think he has the votes. Like, he's talking about this bill. He's stalled this thing long enough. The Senate's already passed our version and he won't post it. And he's, you know, worked with Stephen for the mayor of Jersey city, and they're all rah, rah union and all that stuff. And so, you know, go ahead and post the bill and be bill and see if you've got the votes. And, uh, even to the point where Chris Christie was kind of rallied, uh, assembly, um, Republicans invited them to the governor's mansion and tried to sort of say, don't vote for this. Like we need this to fail. <laughs> uh, And guess what? It did indeed fail. So, well, it didn't fail. It, uh, How do you (laughs) want to... I would argue that it's a failure. Um, It didn't fail directly because it never went up for a vote. It was supposed to be posted on Thursday, um, sometime in the morning, and go up for a vote, and there was just this really long delay where there was a lot of back and forth, uh, There was a lot of sort of arm twisting to try to get people to convert at the last minute. There was a lot of talk about who's even in the building in Trenton at the Capitol, uh, who would vote to get them to the 41 votes that they needed to pass the thing. Um, The the reporters on the Trenton beat were, you know, doggedly trying to track down people who were out of, uh, who were absent. Because they had, you know, family illnesses and stuff like that, and so you know, following this thing along, you just kind of see like so and so is not here, and they were probably going to vote for it, and Prieto was relying on this person, they're not here, and it just really seemed like it was falling apart. And after it got delayed for several hours, uh, they eventually just decided not to even vote on it, and it was, I mean, to me, it just seemed incredibly embarrassing for for Vincent Prieto. Almost immediately, Steve Sweeney uh, and Chris Christie scheduled separate press conferences where they basically just said, you know, told you so. Uh, kind of had a little bit of a gloating aspect there and said, we've got our bill, the time to act is now, this is stalled long enough. Um, and really, even the night before, Politiker NJ uh, was all over it. Max Pizarro wrote an article kind of saying, like, Prieto thinks he has the votes, but there were a lot of sort of last-minute backouts, even up to the night before, um, people sort of switching who were being counted on for yes votes uh, were becoming no's or at least becoming unreliable. And so the the writing kind of seemed to be on the wall before they even got to the point where people were in the building, and then once people were in the building, and more importantly, people were not in the building, uh, it really kind of – seemed doomed. And so they delayed it so that it wouldn't just flat out fail. Um, At one point, you know, Prieto said something like, oh, you know, who, he said he asked the caucus in the assembly if they were ready to vote on the Sweeney bill from the Senate that had already passed the Senate. And he said, not a hand went up. And, you know, it failed. It's embarrassing. It's hugely embarrassing, I think, is just the key takeaway. And I, I think it's you know, we talked about how it's heading towards compromise, and I think this deals a huge blow to any kind of compromise.
0: So I have, uh, I guess, a couple things to say. So I, I think the most poignant tweet during the whole thing that I saw, when I'm not on Twitter nearly as much as you, but uh, was Amy Rosenberg saying basically... Does this happen in every state? <laughs> yes. Yes. Where, so, so to give some background, I guess, uh, uh, what, like a week before, a couple days before, uh, Stephen Fuller wrote some, some long, I guess, op ed or open letter or whatever, talking about how, like, crooked everything was and how, like, it, like, it actually isn't a Sweeney and Christie bill that, that, uh, George Norcross actually wrote the whole thing and, like, how he's behind everything. And it's just, like, it, 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 it really is just this huge mess that just seems, from an outsider's perspective, this is, like, what I view as, like, quintessentially New Jersey <laughs> politics. And I, I don't know if that's true or not. You would know a lot better since you you live there. Uh, but it, 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 it's just a total mess.
1: Yeah, I mean, it certainly seems quintessentially New Jersey politics, and I don't really know where it goes from here. I mean, I had I was so confident. I think I said last episode, 90. You said
0: 90%. 90 or 95. They weren't going to declare bankruptcy. Yeah,
1: and now, you know, even Chris Christie is saying, like, oh, you know, bankruptcy is something that we've got to consider. So I don't know. I mean, I I thought that Prieto – I think we both thought that Prieto was kind of in a good position to – to negotiate and to to sort of lead the charge toward a compromise. And now it seems like he's really been hit hard. I mean, the fact that he sort of stuck his neck out there and said, I've got this bill, and he couldn't even get the votes to make that happen. Um, I
0: don't know. It seems bad. (laughs) Yeah. So um, so I guess the timetable is right right now uh, on Monday – uh Atlantic City made their bond payment. Uh Today, the 6th, uh, Atlantic City made all their payroll. And from what I can gather, they don't really have a whole lot of money left. And I don't think they're going to expect to get any money for the next couple months. I, I don't think the next tax payment is due until probably three months from now. And so I think whatever happens, it's probably going to happen before we're in Atlantic City, honestly. I think they're going to either – something's going to get hammered out and there's going to be – the state's going to give them some money or they're going to probably either miss or make it clear they're going to miss a bond payment.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's deep down I still just can't imagine the state lets them default. But I don't know. I mean, at some point maybe
0: – I guess – you can never predict what Christie's going to do. I mean, maybe he's just. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I mean, at some point, it's it's if if like let's say the bondholders like don't seem interested in like negotiating. I mean, that's becomes the only thing you can do.
1: Yeah. So. I, I mean, know. it has
0: bad repercussions for the state. It has bad repercussions for every single municipality in the state. I mean, it, it negatively affects millions of people. But it is what it is. Yeah. So I guess we'll see where that goes and what the next steps are. So, I, I mean, I just, it, it kind of was ironic that, that Monday uh, was the day that, that Atlantic City actually made their bond payment probably, or possibly the last bond payment they're going to make, and that was actually Puerto Rico missed, I think, their first big bond payment, and I think in episode two or something like that, we we talked briefly about sort of the the Puerto Rico bond crisis and, and how what parallels the word to Atlantic city. So everything's coming back around.
1: Yeah. Everything's coming back around and, and nothing is getting resolved. All
0: right. All right. <laughs> so let's, let's talk
1: about what you really wanted to talk about today. The sky trail,
0: the sky trail.
1: So last episode today is the referencing old episodes episode. Uh, so last episode we talked about the potential of a ropes course of some sort going up at the Revel. Uh, I think we both assumed that it would go inside uh, in that entryway, basically where the big escalators are going up to the casino. I made a joke about how that should be how you get up to the casino. And so the latest information is that the the – sort of proprietor or vendor of those ropes courses, which is the very originally named Ropes Courses Inc., uh, is supplying something called a Sky Trail navigator to the Revel Casino. And so there's a there's a link that I'll provide that's sort of like a press release, I guess, that says how Glenn Stroud basically is uh commissioning this ropes course it's gonna be outside the entrance um where the old valet parking area was uh parking drop off area directly in front of the revel so not inside actually outside which i don't know like that seems kind of odd to me <laughs> like that seems like a tacky thing to to drive up and be the first thing you see but i guess is it any more tacky than it being the first thing you see when you walk into the casino, I don't really know no uh, so,
0: and like you said, say it's less tacky actually
1: well, we'll see, so, like you said, there you're seeing information that there's been a lot of construction that they've got the stuff there, and it's happening, right well, not yeah. I mean, I don't know how
0: specific i mean I mean, I think is, it's but. it's a lot of stuff in, inside the casino is being done, but uh yes i've I've heard reports from forums that there is a lot of work being done in rebel right now. Uh, so
1: one of the other things that happened is I, uh, so Ruben Kramer posted this on Twitter and that's how I heard about it. And I responded with some, with again, my stupid joke that I of course thought was brilliant, uh, about like, Oh, they should make the ropes course the way to get up to the casino. And he replied to that with a rendering of a ropes course that is around the escalators. So, in an odd way, not that far off. And I'll link to that in the show notes. You can see it if you go to Um This crazy ropes course that kind of envelops the escalator, that big escalator that goes up to the casino. Uh, so that I was much more intrigued by and excited about than the outdoor ropes course. I mean, this kind of idea that you're going to have this thing You know, as you're going up the escalator, you're going to have people like walking above you on weird sort of like rope ladders and crazy stuff in harnesses and whatever like that. I thought was much more interesting than just like, hey, here's this thing out front, (laughs) Uh, you know, go walk around it if you'd like Um, the idea that it's going to be sort of indoors and really in a central place that a huge percentage of people who go to the casino are going to have to see it and walk by it. Uh, that I, I found really interesting. So he did say, like, not sure if this is happening. That was his quote, but uh, I'm interested to see, you know, is this a twofold plan? Is it, was it originally set for indoors? Cause that actually, that picture is actually dated uh, March 15th, I believe uh, the one that, that Ruben Kramer posted. So, you know, did they shift it from indoors to outdoors, or is it that it's an outdoor and an indoor thing? You know, they talked about it being an obstacle course, like, you know, if it's just a single sort of rope thing like you'd see in a suburban park, (laughs) you know, that's not going to get people to go to the Rebel and and gamble. But if it's some big complex of sort of semi-adventure opportunity, (laughs) uh, maybe you're going to get more people in the door. So, I don't know. What do you think? Is this thing happening? Is it going to be big and grand? Is it going to be tacky? Is it going to be all the above? Like, where are we going with this thing?
0: Yeah, I think it's all the... I mean, it's happening for sure. I don't know how big it's going to be, but it, it seems like it's happening. It's going to be kind of cool, I guess. Um I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's going to be outside in the summer and inside in the winter or something like that. I'm not really sure. I mean, like I said, my my... Hypothesis last episode is that it doesn't take all that long to put together, but I really have no idea, so uh, we'll just see what happens. Yeah, I'm interested, and in, and like I said, I would be interested in sort of
1: swinging by and checking it out and seeing where they're at in a couple weeks, and and also maybe grabbing a slice or a cheese steak from Tony Bologna's while we go and do that. Yeah. Um. But I I also I just can't get over that this is the big sort of phase one of Revel and when they open in June the plan is that like this is the big attraction it seems pretty out there to me but you know we saw the same thing with the playground right (laughs) like we saw them open T Street in a very sort of half-assed way and I mean maybe this is being too harsh to something we haven't seen which is the the ropes course but Certainly T Street was kind of done haphazardly and rushed and, and not done, executed in, in the way that we would have hoped. Uh, but speaking of T Street, Joseph on our Facebook group mentioned that he has now attempted to visit T Street five times and every time it has been closed. <laughs> so he said that he t- actually talked to a bartender who works at Monkey Bar and she told him that Blatstein has sold – the T street to the owners of tag, which it, I don't, my understanding is that that's not really accurate. Um, it's that he is leasing it out. So he leases the peer shops from Caesars and he's now subleasing various venues to other, um, whatever you call them tenants or managers or whatever. And so like the old 39N concert space is now Wave Nightclub that's been leased out to a couple of guys that we talked about earlier um that's another reference to a previous episode <laughs> uh so that's one thing and then you know several of the other bars are have all been leased out to other vendors I, as far as i can tell those vendors haven't been named like the people who that they who they've leased out the individual bars to. I I couldn't find anything that actually names who those managers are. But it seems like they the plan is basically like he's – Blatstein is not the manager. Bart Blatstein is not in the business of managing bars and restaurants and clubs. He wants to lease them out to other people who will make them successful, which I think is a better plan. But like we said, uh, the the initial iteration that we saw last year when we tried to go – um, and then when we tried to go again in, what was it, February when we last went, uh, when it was closed, it, it didn't feel like a complete vision, um, I would say. So just uh, Joseph's comments, comment was that it, the execution has been a total disaster. I think I would probably have to agree with him on that. Um, but in looking up more information on this, I did find an article from Suzette Parmley of the Philly Inquirer that's actually um, almost a month old now, but it mentions the phases, um, or not necessarily the phases, but the upcoming development of the playground. And one of the big things that's happening is a bowling alley. So they're uh, working on adding a bowling alley to the second floor of the playground, which to me, I mean, you're into bowling, right? Used to bowl.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I used to actually be in a league with friends. So, I mean, to me,
1: that's sort of a good idea of something that if you're looking for a way to have a slow burn of your money and just have some fun and, you know, be together with your guys uh, who are in town and maybe you've already lost money and had a fancy dinner, uh, that's that's fine. Um, but you're out now and you've burned through whatever money you have for the night and and you want to sort of take a slower burn, the bowling alley is a good way to do that. So to me, that's like a a good addition to Atlantic City. Um, If there are other bowling alleys in the city, I don't know about them and they're probably in areas that I don't really want to travel to. Uh, So I I think that's a smart addition, you know, right on the boardwalk to have a bowling alley. I'm assuming it's going to be one of these, you know, rock and bowl kind of, Dark has the music on kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I think that's a good addition and probably it's, it's sort of a low key addition. It's not a big, huge, you know, venue where you've got to book big acts or anything like that. It's sort of the expenses mainly up front and then you hope that it attracts some people. Uh, and the other thing they've talked about is pop up shops and that's really actually the main focus of this uh, part of the article in the Philadelphia Inquirer is that uh, they're going to try to do these seasonal pop-up shops basically where um, real uh, realtors, <laughs> that's where my mind is at as, as I'm in the middle of trying to buy an apartment. Um, so uh, what is the word I'm even looking for here? Retailers? Retailers. There you go. <laughs> Jeez, oh, it's been a long week. Uh, so, <laughs> retailers can buy space for, uh, you know, significantly cheaper than leasing than than doing a long-term lease. And uh, pop-up shops are something that if you live in a big city, you've probably seen them. They go up in spaces. Uh, you know, they even go up in malls. So, like you see them around the holidays. Uh, a classic example would be like a like a Halloween pop-up shop, right? Like a, st- a closed storefront in any strip mall in suburban America, if it happens to close in September, is going to be like a spirit Halloween shop. Uh, so Blatstein is kind of taking this concept uh, a little more uh, highbrow than that, uh, which, which is kind of the, like what he mentions is sort of the the Manhattan um, style. So he says pop-ups are done in Manhattan and New York all the time. Uh retailers have been doing them in the malls and the chains have been doing them to test new ways of doing things with retail so it seems like this is kind of just a way to take unused space in the playground and say okay here's a cheap way to get people in there um which i think is a good idea like it's a it's a good way to rent out uh space that's unused it's a good way to maybe get people in to see like oh what's the new thing that's going to be in there and and i think this idea that things are sh- sort of short term hopefully will pique people's interest and get them to come by and see what the new thing is the question is if they can fill enough of the space to actually make it interesting because if it's just one store you know if it's just one store and everything else is empty like right now the the one thing that they're talking about is a western wear store uh if it if if it's just that if that's the one pop up store it's not going to feel like any different than than just going to the mall and and you're going to feel like well this is just a temporary store at the mall and <laughs> at the mall is empty so so it's kind of again about execution and hoping you can pull it off but i guess we'll see how that goes um so any thoughts on either pop-up shops or bowling alleys or new management of the bars at the playground
0: uh, I mean, the pop-up shops thing, I don't really care either way. I mean, I, I think it's, I guess it's fine. It gives sort of more retailers a chance to get in, see if their thing can be successful or, or gives Bladstein a chance to make money in times where he wouldn't make money, maybe around the holidays or something when it's traditionally going to be a week period for Atlantic City. Since people aren't there in the holidays, they're there during the summer. Um. Uh, I agree with Joseph. T Street has been a complete disaster. Hopefully the new company that is allegedly taking it over, maybe, will uh, do something a bit better with it. I mean, I, I think it could be really cool as well. So I, I just hope that uh, one day it, it reaches kind of like the critical mass of having enough people wanting to go through there that it it is a success. And bowling, yeah, I think it's a good idea. I think that that it's the perfect thing to do when you've lost a bit too much money or if you're going to be there for, uh, let's say like a week for the family, it's a good thing to do on the rainy day when you can't go to the beach or whatever.
1: Yeah. So. I mean, so my hopes for the, for T street were sky high and, and definitely kind of shattered by the execution that we actually saw, but I'm hoping with new bar, uh, managers and, and Joseph, I should mention is, a is in a band, um, so he's kind of looking at this from the artist's perspective, I think, of of hoping that there are going to be venues for for these bands. And that was really how it was built. And it seems like it just hasn't really panned out to this point. So hopefully new management can come in and kind of revitalize that. And I think, I mean, that was the idea. It was sort of this idea that it's going to be like going to Nashville and, and, you know, you can go into any bar and you're going to see a good live band, which would be really awesome but, you know, the, the cost to do that is obviously high. And if you're not going to get the foot traffic, it's just not really going to pan out. So hopefully they can figure out a way to make this work. Um, the bowling alley thing, I could definitely see myself saying, like, I'm just tired of sitting at the video poker screen. I could go for, like, just two quick, you know, 10-frame <laughs> games of of bowling and, uh, and then call it a night or whatever, or at least to kind of, you know, take the edge off of, of the gambling. Um, so, so I am kind of happy to see that they are moving forward with with the future uh, stages of the playground. So, should we talk about go back to our trip and talk about uh, potential meetups with the with the listeners? See if we can get some people together and go yeah. grab some beers and go play some craps or play some blackjack or something somewhere.
0: Yeah, it sounds like. Um people are interested in meeting up with us uh 2 weeks from tonight on on May 20th um yeah so we we haven't really talked about it uh what exactly we're going to do but grabbing beers and uh doing some gambling sounds good to me
1: yeah so the i mean one thing i'll have to say, i have to say is that the dip, it's been really cool to see that there is demand
0: um right <laughs> and 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 I, I that is super neat i mean it's something that just 13 episodes in I I didn't know what I expected when we started doing this but I didn't expect the the great response that, that we've gotten to this point and it's been it's been pretty cool
1: Yeah and I I think the coolest thing for me and the thing that I was most worried about when we started was you know are we the only assholes who actually care about this town and care about this being our gambling home and and actually care about making Atlantic City good. Um, you know not that we're doing anything to make Atlantic City good, but we we certainly care about other people making Atlantic City good. <laughs> um, but it, what we've really seen is you know obviously there are a ton of people who are just obsessed with Vegas and obsessed with you know rooms and and restaurants and everything and so I was kind of worried that people just sort of saw Atlantic City as like The stopgap to get them to their Vegas trips, Um, or or they're just locals gamblers who don't even care about any of that. They just want a place to go play poker, play poker, play blackjack, or whatever, and 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 go home and and not even think about it outside of the gambling. But what we've really seen is that people do care about it. People are very interested in in the city. People are interested even in the city politics and in you know what's going on in the future of you know, what Don Guardian is is doing and and all that kind of stuff. But but mostly just, you know, there there's a lot of interest in, you know, where's a good place to go to get a steak? Where's a good place to go to get a cheap breakfast in the morning? Um and and so it's been really cool to see that on the Facebook group. And it's also just been super gratifying to see people say, like, Hey, when you're in town, let us know. We want to talk to you and and just shoot the shit and and get a beer and go go gamble somewhere. So I think the plan is that Friday night, uh, May twentieth, to just set a time and say we're gonna meet up at one of the bars. Uh I'm I'm gonna guess it will be the, somewhere in the Caesars Valleys complex. Do you think that's a safe bet? <laughs>
0: um it's gonna be somewhere on the boardwalk. That's a safe
1: bet. Okay. So so the only the only way I could see it it going away from Caesars Valleys is if it if the plan ends with us playing royal Derby,
0: um I mean that will happen regardless of whether we do it with listeners or just with uh the friends we're going with or whatever so right, I mean, yeah, I think Caesars valleys is probably the the safe bet uh, what do you, what do you, do you want to do the uh the mountain bar your favorite bar uh, I mean
1: the mountain bar's probably fine I mean toga bar is is also
0: would be a little classier, I guess, but... Oh, come on. Mountain Bar is better than Toga Bar. We're, okay, so do you want just want to say it? Just want to say Mountain Bar, like,
1: we'll be there at some time? At some, at some point. I mean, I don't know that we can set a time right now, because we don't know what's going on, but... Yeah. Uh, we will be at the Mountain Bar at some point. Yeah, so... On Friday night. So, presume evening, evening-ish, probably in the six to seven-ish range, we'll... Do Mountain Bar, and then you know drink, talk Atlantic City, talk about fun stuff. um our friends that come with us will just probably be standing there in complete horror or just not come, yeah, or just not come, which is also fine, if not preferable <laughs> uh and then uh and then we'll go try to play some some crafts or some some Blackjack or Pai Go poker or whatever, whether that's at Wild, Wild West in their little party pit deal. Um, or whether that's running over to Caesars where they've got a bunch of craps tables or Bally's where they've got a bunch of all kinds of other tables, although not that many craps tables. Uh, we can sort of display it by year from there and, and see what people want to do. So look out for that information. That'll be on our Twitter, uh, due for a win. Um, also probably on the Facebook group. And this is a good, good plug to go to our Facebook group and join it. Uh, it's facebook.com slash groups slash do for a win. You just have to request to join. We are very quick to, uh, accept your request and, and let you into the group so that you can start talking about Atlantic city stuff. Uh, we're so, so that's, so look out for that. We would love to meet up with you. We've already heard from at least one listener who plans to be there and, um, and is definitely going to be there that weekend, so we're hoping to to see him. Uh, and anybody else who's gonna be there, or if you are gonna go out of your way to make plans to come down, again, we, we'd love to see you and, and just talk Atlantic City stuff.
0: Cool. So, uh, I think I have one more, uh, one more question for you before we can do the sign off, Craig. So, really, I mean, I know you said at the beginning of this episode, we're not gonna... Record in two weeks, but when are we going to record next? Because I think that's pretty weak to not record in two weeks. I mean, we could just do Thursday night two weeks from now. Yeah, we could. But then w- when's it going to get uploaded? I mean, in theory, you there's some some work that has to be done. And yeah. If you're in Atlantic City on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So, so one option
1: would be to do a short show next week. Mm-hmm and then move to and just shift the schedule where Hmm. then we do two weeks from then like that. Yep. Uh, which would then put us on Memorial day weekend. I don't know if that screws up your schedule. Yeah,
0: that's probably not great. Right. So, well, maybe, maybe we can, we can take the discussion about shifting this offline because it's not interesting to people. But (laughs) so, so, uh, all right, I mean that's that's fine if we're we, we don't know when we're gonna record, but i i will I will say for the record that that I am very hopeful that that sometime before let's say three weeks from now there will be a show posted so before that, so maybe next week, maybe two weeks from now
1: yeah, I mean another option would be to do I don't know how feasible this is for you, but like a early week recording and just be basically a couple of days delayed after our next trip so we do our trip report. You know, like Monday night or something, and then it goes up like Tuesday or Wednesday.
0: Yeah, that might work. Yeah, we can we can figure all that. We'll, out. We'll figure it out. All yeah. right, but I I want to get you guys some content, so so hopefully we can we can we can work something out.
1: Yes, we are nothing if not content creators on Do for a Win.
0: That, that's right.
1: Although this was the week I was supposed to do a blog post and I didn't, so
0: well, apparently I'm not. It's been a busy week for both of
1: us. Not a dedicated content creator.
0: Yeah, well, sometimes your life gets in the way. It did. Real life got all in the way this week. Yeah, It definitely got in the way for me as well. So anyway, I think it's it's time to sign off, as Craig said. Uh please join our Facebook group. It's uh Facebook slash group slash do for a win. Uh we will get you added. Uh check out our content that we've been talking so much about at DoForAWin.com. You can find us on iTunes uh just search for Atlantic City Podcast or Do for a Win. Uh, you can hit us up at uh, on Twitter at Do for a Win and send questions to us at DoforaWin at com. And uh, anyway, I guess we will hopefully be seeing some of you guys in two weeks in Atlantic City, and we'll be uh, reach, uh, talking to you guys on the podcast sometime soon.
1: Yeah, and if you're into the Google Play thing, we haven't figured that out yet. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I figured out what I need to do. I just, I haven't done it.
0: <laughs> Alright, have a, have a nice couple of weeks, everyone. Yeah, have a good couple of weeks, and, and hopefully, we'll see you face
1: to face in not too long.
0: No, I think I'll go home. And then go out to see my mom. Because she will be mad if I don't. Where's your mom live? I'm just
1: kidding, I know where your mom lives, Kyle. <laughs>